0: Welcome to the Arts Union Science Journal, please enter your
1: password. of the Arts Union Science Grant Panel. Welcome to the first annual endeavor to award good movies the way others award good science. Today, we conclude our grant panel proper by giving our, what is it? It's like our three Arts Union Science grants? Yeah, to deserving members of the 10 nominees for Oscar Best Picture. My name is Tyler D.R. Vance. I will once again be your co-chair. And then also joining us this week, once again, for the last time, until next year, maybe, who knows, is our other co-chair, Aditi Ramesh. How are you doing in this post slap world
0: hey toddler i'm doing well i mean i'll be back next year as long as you'll have me and uh it's good to be back and and sort of uh give our our reviews and thoughts on what has transpired even though that uh, memory might be fading a little bit in people's memory
1: yes yes for all of you out there who are sick to death about oscar talk and um i understand that i get it we've all seen the memes we know what's going on in the world Um, but really the, the whole chat, the whole conversation can't really be concluded until we've had our say. So you're going to have to bear with us. And you know what? You're really here to hear about the awards and is like that we're going to give out anyway. So he's like, we'll we'll just get through the Oscar stuff and then we'll move on to stuff you haven't heard over and over again for the last two weeks
0: the awards that really matter right the ones that aren't uh, you know colored and tainted by the academy's choices but but only
1: our <laughs> biases exactly exactly our own personal biases instead um so let's talk a little bit about the oscars and let's start with the the happy news it was like uh or happy for some maybe not so happy others is that coda won best picture um and kind of a surprise upset of the um the favored power of the dog um what was your feeling when Coda won Best Picture? Were you pleased? I know that we were both pretty, is a pretty pleased with the film overall, although we had our quibbles.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that in the lead up to the Oscars, um, I was, I was definitely the one watching the Oscars that was like way too, um, I guess, podcast and film analysis. Um, heavy coming into it so I, I had the notion in the weeks le- leading up to the oscars that uh coda was writing a uh, an upswing of popularity and critical acclaim and it had won uh, some awards um in the lead up to the academy awards so i wasn't actually all that surprised like you know if you'd asked me two months ago it would have been like oh yeah power the dog definitely um but in probably the week or two leading up to it, I was like, oh, like, Kona might actually take this. And, you know, Apple is really promoting it hard and a lot of people are watching it and really liking it. So I wasn't surprised. I I was, you know, pleased that it, it won. It was a delightful movie. Um, I think my personal pick, which, you know, will show up in our, our grants later, would not have been coda but it's not like i was you know upset that it won there have definitely been years in the academy awards that i was like that movie won like i didn't even find that watchable but um coda was i think quite a good film and and definitely deserved to win
1: yeah it deserved to win and was i was pleased for is it for them is like especially for the the director who she just seemed really excited that as like her work was getting so much praise um excited for the cast is like um it's like uh troy can't remember his last name yeah Yeah, cutser who won for um best supporting actor as well just gave like an amazing speech that was like one of the highlights of the night um coda also won for best screenplay which is the like if i had to take something away from coda which i don't and i can't but if i had to it would be that because i'm just kind of like really this is like you know the the one thing everyone can agree with is that this is a pretty like kind of classic run-of-the-mill story if you take away like kind of the as like some of the aspects of the representation support is a portions of it it's a very well-done movie but i wouldn't necessarily call it exceptionally unique which is usually what they give the screenplay outings to or the are like the random things that they're like yeah sure pulp fiction will get this one oscar and no one will remember this movie in two years little did they know little did they know um but yeah it's like what what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised that it uh, won Best Adapted Screenplay. I had, I think, and now I can't remember what my pick was, I, I missed five of the awards, like picking them correctly, largely because I hadn't watched some of the documentary um, entries. But um, I was surprised, like I thought, you know, Power of the Dog or, or Dune would have gotten, you know, best adapted. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm also not exactly um, as familiar with the source material, La Famille Bélier. Um, that was a little bit surprising to me. It, like you said, was a little bit more of a uh, by-the-book kind of story arc without too mm-hmm. many surprises, which apart from the, the representation um, aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of Dune, Dune managed to clean up pretty heavily, especially in in, like, in all of the technical awards. I think it was what it, it won best score, cinematography, editing, sound, production design and visual effects, which is like very impressive. And each one, each me- like studio, like member that won an Oscar made sure to give Denis Villeneuve like a very specific shout out because it <laughs> yeah. it, it is becoming very uh, like very clear throughout the course of this that Denis Villeneuve getting snubbed as like a best director not was probably the weirdest thing about this and just kind of like when they cleaned up all the technical things where like yeah they're all amazing craftspeople but all of that is like brought together in such an impressively singular vision that can only be done by really like an impressive director to manage to get all that stuff to work properly. When you can see that level of you're like, yeah, he should have been nominated for this.
0: Yeah. It was like a, like I would say a pretty glaring oversight that it won all of these technical awards and was obviously nominated for best picture and like screenplay. And Just somehow like fell through the cracks in the director category where the director, like you mentioned, is the one that sort of like brings it all together. And I have a lot of um, respect and admiration for Denis Villeneuve and I find Mm. all his movies are like very well done with a very singular, um, consistent vision that it was surprising to me that he wasn't nominated here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, like I wouldn't necessarily have wanted him to win the category, because I was very happy that Jane Campion won for Power of the Dog. I think it was very well deserved. It, it's only award of the night, but still like the one I wanted it to win the most. But, you know, a, a nomination, a nomination for Denis. I think he, at that's the very least the, the Academy could have done for him.
0: Yeah. Although I think that he did mention afterwards that uh, because people were like, oh, my God, like you definitely should have won or like been nominated. And he was like, you know, I'd rather be like the really good film or director that didn't win than the one that won. And people were like, why did that win? Yeah. Which I thought was a very I don't know if it's like his real feelings or not, but a very diplomatic way of dealing with the situation
1: that's that's fair i guess it's better to be a pulp fiction in historical eyes than a green book in terms of really what you want to be remembered for as, as you move <laughs> yeah. Forward.
0: yeah i was you know maybe uh alluding to green book when i was like what <laughs> that movie won so yeah, yeah definitely that, like that i think we are gonna year. have yeah that was not that was not the best uh year for for the academy awards but i mean i i'm glad that dune won as many awards as it did and deserved to and um i know a lot of people who are like man i should have watched that in theaters so yeah. um it's a good movie overall
1: very good movie um and then we should also talk about uh, how licorice pizza don't look up and nightmare alley is like um which were all nominated for best picture we talked about all three of them Um, uh, they didn't get any awards no no awards no love for paul thomas anderson adam mckay or guillermo del toro um mostly i think that's because if nightmare alley was going to win anything it was going to be in the technical awards and dune cleaned up don't look up was never going to win an award and i was okay with that and licorice (laughs) licorice pizza as i I think we had talked about a little bit before but it is kind of it feels a little like lighter than a lot of the other things that were winning a lot of awards and in terms of how paul thomas anderson works like i think many years from now i think there will be a different appreciation for this film than there is at the moment but as it stands like it's hard to really picture like which one which award Licorice Pizza should have won yeah. instead of the one who won. it's it's hard to really like take something away from someone else and hand it over to them. Especially because I think Belfast's only like the like Belfast's only Oscar went to Kenneth Branagh for best original screenplay. Um and that was probably the one that I thought Paul Thomas Henderson had the best chance of winning.
0: Yeah. I actually had that pegged, I think, yeah. for best original screenplay. But um Belfast won for that and that I was definitely like wait, what? But to be fair Kenneth Branagh has been nominated many times and I think it was sort of like one of those uh, well it's about you kind of awards um, as well Um, I suspect that the reason that Licorice Pizza didn't win any awards was maybe the same reason that I sort of needed to be coaxed into liking it more because it was sort of hard to know what to feel about the movie and what aspects of the movie were you know, uh, technically or directorially or, you know, storyline wise, um, particularly, um, uh, I don't know, expert or memorable or well done. Yeah. And I mean, I think it may be testament to Paul Thomas Anderson that all of those things sort of seamlessly blended into this vision of um, what his sort of like life in southern california was like at that time but you couldn't really be like oh i'm gonna pick out like you know this dolly shot or this like wide shot or this whatever to be like oh the cinematography was great i think it was almost like more muted in that sense so it maybe didn't pop to people i don't know if that's
1: a a fair thing to say i think i could see that like sometimes when i'm thinking about it should this thing win an oscar i'm trying to think of like what would the shot be that they'd use is like when they call it the name they're like is like you know for best picture licorice pizza what's the what's the clip that they're going to use or even for like something like cinematography stuff like that and like you know in dune you could pick almost any shot or series of shots from that movie and put it in front of like for best is like for best cinematography dune and it would be like oh yeah that's that's a good choice um licorice pizza is like it's aiming a lot lower in terms of its ambitions for technical style and uh it's like and rightly so it's like the i'm sure as i have we have already seen that paul thomas anderson can pull off a dune-esque thing with things like there will be blood it's like um that style of filmmaking would not benefit a movie like licorice pizza and so i think we can all agree he did good but maybe he didn't do what he needed to do in order to win an oscar and i don't think he cares so we're all good
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, he'll still continue doing good films and it's it's not going to be dependent on the awards that have or or have mm-hmm. not been received.
1: Agreed. Um, And so, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all that happened at the Oscars, right? Like we, we covered all the major. Oh, yeah, major that things, was you know? that was
0: everything. It wasn't anything that was memed or otherwise overtook essentially every award that was won.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was that was perfect. Oh, wait, there was indeed was like, um, one one small little incident that took place that literally are you're like, so we were watching the Oscars at the same time and, 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 and like texting each other back and forth over it. It's like, uh, and I still
0: uh, want to say your your meme game is on point. I just want to tell the audience that that Tyler was was custom creating memes as we were watching the Oscars in in different cities. So, um, you know, that really kept things very interesting.
1: Well, I'm glad that they were enjoyable. I was having a lot of fun making them, and then I and then you know the night the portion of the night that has been most intensely memed, I couldn't think of a single thing to meme because I was just so confused as to what was actually transpiring. So from from my end. I got a message from you, is like and Dan basically saying like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "But you guys, your telecast was a little bit ahead of ours." So I was like, "What? Like, I don't, I don't know what, what what's going on." And then as like suddenly, Will Smith stands up and goes up and smacks Chris Rock in the face and sits back down and then swears on live television. I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, that's what they're um, oh, oh no." <laughs>
0: yep, yeah, it was it was a little bit of like a. What 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 just happened? Like I I wasn't sure if it was a joke at first. Like I was actually trying to search up some live tweets of the awards to be like, did I see what I thought I saw? Like, it was it a bit? Like if it was, it wasn't a very good one. Like I don't know what's going on. Like I know that the jokes in the Oscars have been going downhill lately, but it's like even still, this is pretty bad
1: yeah like when when i thought i saw him hit chris rock so i was kind of like okay well whatever like maybe this is fake like i, I couldn't believe that that was actually the, it wasn't until he was swearing that i was like yeah oh yeah they don't allow that on live tv i don't care what they're it was like what they're doing He's like and yeah like they had cut the audio at this point for our telecast so it was like i was yeah, able to, i was still able to read his lips in terms of it's like because he was very adamant on what he was saying and i was like Oh boy. Um, yeah. I yeah. thought it
0: was a real shame that they were awarding best documentary. And it, I mean, to his credit, Chris Rock really recovered from that. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, like, I, that's a partly why I thought it was like maybe a stage thing initially because he appeared to kind of like keep his balance and sort of regain composure in order to be able to then present the next award but i think that it was really unfortunate that quest love essentially got his moment taken away from him in terms of being able to adequately i don't know thank people to a captive audience because what if what had transpired
1: yeah and it was kind of like the rest of the night was like that is like even is like as much as it is going to be like one of those things that will be remembered for forever and like I'm not sure if I'll be telling my children about it. But, you know, one of those things that like similar to the Moonlight La La Land gaffe from many years ago that it's just like it's something that's going to go down in TV and Oscar history. And as like there's a part of me that's happy that I was able to see it live to be able to like, yep, I was there. I remember seeing it. At the same time, it just did kind of like it's soured the night a little bit. And um, especially when it, it really tarnished the award that Will Smith ended up getting a little bit later for a performance that I have now seen and can say that at the very least it was. Ickley's deserving of recognition um and it's unfortunate that he kind of messed up his night messed up the night of many others yeah. and then gave the weirdest acceptance speech in the history of the, of mankind
0: yeah i mean i think that uh i mean not only did it take away Questlove's moment because people were still reeling from this But, uh, like, I remember there was also a moment when, like, Amy Schumer came out and she was Mm. like, oh, like, I feel like the mood has changed. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, she's obviously trying to, like, diffuse the situation, but there was really no diffusing it. And I think that there was probably a room full of, like, lawyers and publicists and academy members and you know, media personnel trying to figure out what the heck to do with what had just happened in terms of who was involved and, you know, how to deal with it and what statement to put out. And I think that took a lot of the air out of the room and was sort of unfortunate. And I, I, you know, having watched King Richard, um, and, you know, if you listen to my comments about the film in an earlier podcast, I wasn't super high on the film. It definitely wasn't my favorite film. Um, I also don't think it was my best um, actor-nominated performance. Um, So I was already kind of like, oh, you know, Will Smith's probably going to win, like, going into the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, well, that's just sort of how the critics feel about it. This is sort of the general uh, thing that I'm hearing from, you know, various podcasts news articles and whatever that it's going to be like will smith's time to shine and i was like okay i'm already at this point where prior to the academy awards um being like eh, i think there's people who deserve it more um but after this slap happened i was like i realized that the decision's already been made and the award is not you know a Uh, sanctioning or not of what has transpired, but it just, like, it was, like, further... um, What's the word I'm thinking about? Like, further kind of uh, negative atmosphere was fostered because Mm -hmm. he didn't really use his speech to say anything positive.
1: No. No. He used his speech to basically try and not really like it It wasn't a, it wasn't truly an apology it wasn't truly an explanation it was like some very strange amalgam of words that afterwards made you, you just kind of feel even worse about the whole process um i've seen a lot of takes at this point everyone's had their their take on what this is is this like representative of like a troubled individual or is it a symbol of our time i i don't really know maybe you have a take on that sort of thing all i kind of got away from this method this whole thing was like I like I don't think Will Smith is okay as like and um that's kind of sad for him and it's especially sad for all the uh the other people whose work was supposed to be recognized this night and is now it's going to be forever known as the night that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I don't think Will Smith is okay. Um I I don't, you know, approve of what has transpired. Like I think, you know, one of the hot takes that that has, you know, been circulating especially from people that I've I've talked to is uh oh yeah like he was just standing up for his woman and literally like later that night I was telling my husband I was like please don't hit people on my behalf like that's not (laughs) something that I would ever want from you and would never want to happen in general um so my general take was like anyone that I think approves of that or like otherwise sees merit in that action is essentially allowing for assault on stage. Um, but that being said, I think there's a lot of stuff that's going on with him that he maybe needs, you know, further help with. And I'm sure being in the public eye is not going to help with that. But the real sad thing, like you said, is that it's taken away from basically every single award that was handed out since, um, including to a certain extent like best picture like the people that I was watching the Oscars with who admittedly are not huge fans of this podcast and have not heard all of our hot takes have (laughs) not watched most of the films um it sort of gave them fodder to be like eh I'm so over the Academy Awards which was sort of um unfortunate to me like I I hold such an esteem for the films that were nominated. Um, I enjoy watching the awards show every year, whether or not I've seen all the films. And I think just this bad rap that's been cultivated from this incident is, is going to be hard to recover from for the telecast and for you know anyone who wants to be taken seriously at the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the sad thing is i find that the oscars were really like it was a slow descent for a good long while like if this night wasn't known as the slap night it would have been known as the night that zack snyder's justice league won a like a, it like won an oscar for like <laughs> the <that>. most
0: cheer worthy <laughs> moment
1: <laughs> i laughed so freaking hard when that happened and lauren was like what and i'm like oh it's just the internet you can't give the internet anything because they'll ruin it <laughs> um
0: I literally was like what is this thing? Who chose
1: this? <laughs> oh, it was so it, it was funny it was When I watched it, I'm like okay so technically at this point if we if these like you know fan cho- chosen Oscars count Zack Snyder currently has two Oscars for his wins for Army of the Dead and um Zack like, and Zack Snyder's Justice League so you know that's great. But I
0: think it was a a pretty clear sign that you know, as upset as you might be with the Academy's choices, this is what could happen if you let the public (laughs) choose. (laughs) So grateful for what you have.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I think that's a good place for us to leave the Oscars for now, because as much as people have talked to death about all the movies that won, the movies that didn't, and uh, the faces that didn't make it through the night unscathed, um, we're really here to talk more about our particular brand of movie science uh, synthesis in the way of handing out some grants. Uh, so for a reminder of those of you who managed to skip right to the last episode, which strange move weird flex, but okay. Um, <laughs> this will be the conclusion of a four episode arc in which we mimic the scientific grant panel, but for movies. So using the 10 best picture nominees as our shortlist, we will endeavor to hand out three grants to, for the films that show cinematic greatness. So the two grants that we're going to be giving out first are called the AUS Project Grants. And they are for amazing movies that capture the times in which we live. And in this case, actually, each co-chair is able to award one AUS Project Grant to whichever film they choose. Uh, we haven't told each other yet which ones we're going to give out. I suppose that means it's possible that one movie wins two. Um I hadn't considered that, but we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> I didn't consider that either.
1: <laughs> um, for those of you who don't remember, is like, and at this point, I I really question why you're listening to this episode if you don't know who the nominees are. They are: Don't Look Up, Dune, West Side Story, King Richard, and The Power of the Dog. Five films that we actually reviewed in the first episode, um, and then Belfast, Coda, Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, and Licorice Pizza, which we uh, we reviewed in the second. So, AUS Project Grant It's like for this, the year of our Lord, 2021. Do you want to go first or would you like me to go first?
0: Um, you know, I get the small sense that we're going to pick the same movie, but, um, you know, main host go first. i will I'll chime in afterwards.
1: I think you might actually be surprised where I've gone with this because I think we uh. both had the same favorite movie for is like for this um of this group of 10 um and we'll talk about that one when we get to it
0: i just want but- to say if you pick don't look up i'm leaving right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's like good news you won't have to leave the pod in a huff
0: excellent excellent all right i'll have you surprise me with your pick then
1: okay so when i was thinking about 2021 in movies and that one of the things that resonated with me the most is the theme of trying to go on with your life while the world is falling apart around you um, I don't know why 2021 really made me resonate with that. You know, maybe it could be any of the myriad of of like once in a lifetime disasters that took place throughout the course of its runtime. Um, but there were a few movies that really kind of captured this feeling for me. Watching these characters desperately cling to some level of normalcy in their lives while like events much bigger than themselves were kind of like swirling around them um and so like obviously west side story would deal with this the kind of idea of the the two sides that were warring over their small turf while meanwhile the like country was literally shifting below their feet in terms of gentrification um nightmare alley was an example where you have like world war ii and these huge historical events happening that the characters are kind of like brushing off like apparently we're at war yeah i heard anyway back to the plot um and then of course there's also Belfast, which is probably the most explicit version of this where you are literally looking at this child's life him desperately trying to like maintain what he's always known while the the streets are ripping themselves apart. Um but I didn't go with any of those. I actually went with a movie we've already talked about a few times. I went with the uh Licorice Pizza. Um a couple of reasons one is the idea like it has as we had mentioned like you know it has this big oil crisis that's going on so that's definitely something but the real big thing for for me was actually just the insidiousness of those systemic issues that we talked about during our review the idea that every one of these light-hearted vignettes is kind of like so sort of tarnished sort of tainted by this like real look at kind of like things about racism about um, police brutality about male chauvinism and say and say and um all that sort of aspect that it's like it is out of your control it's like it's part of something much bigger than you um and yet it's always kind of infringing upon the life that you're trying to lead and how the characters actually respond to a lot of these things not by like rising to meet them but actually kind of like retreating deeper into is like each other into like their relationship and deeper into their own antics and how that kind of really resonated with me in a little bit of how i was like i felt like 2021 really pushed me deeper and deeper into like cherishing the people that i love and the people around me because that's like i got this this is great you look out the window everything else sucks but i still got this is like and so licorice pizza really resonated with me for that and so because of that it's going to be my aus project grant winner for 2021
0: excellent that's a, a good pick. I feel like it was a very eloquent intro to it, which I don't think I have um quite as prepared. But uh, well deserving for sure. Well deserved. Um my pick, uh I feel like I had a similar sort of thought process in terms of uh what obviously like what applies to our current times and you know, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, I feel like brought up Every single type of social injustice for everybody um whether it was like racial, social, like you know sexual gender politics, um actual like access to health care, um, generally political upheaval everywhere, every kind of injustice was was brought up um over the course of the last year year and a half. And um, I think most of these films that were nominated for Best Picture on some level ended up bringing up some aspect of that. Um, like, you know, some of my my kind of decisioning in terms of triaging these films to pick my absolute, you know, um, grant winner. Um, I was thinking, you know, like, Don't Look Up, even though I think as a film we didn't regard it too highly overall, it was a little bit uneven. Mm -hmm. It was definitely the most literal uh, rendition of what's happening in our lives vis-a-vis climate change and essentially what's happening with our pandemic as well and um, very literal satire on what's going on. Mm Um, I think that to a certain extent, even though it was written so long ago and adapted to film, you know, multiple times, um, Dune was a classic tale of political upheaval and uh, subterfuge, which, you know, happens in every country and every province all of the time. Um, The main story, I think, that stuck out to me, um, that showed up in multiple films including you know west side story the power of the dog nightmare alley liquor's pizza even um was sort of the sense of wanting to hang on to a life or a lifestyle that used to prevail and that someone has grown comfortable in or has grown around them as a shell or as a kind of a protective measure That is now fading away. And so for that reason, my grant winner is The Power of the Dog, which I was high on when we first discussed it in our our first podcast. Mm -hmm. And I am still very high on. I recently actually read the book, so I have a very clear idea of how well adapted the film is from the book, which I would recommend if anyone wants to give it a read very well written very well done something that i think didn't get as much um credence when it was first published or as much sort of like accolade but uh, now that it's been adapted to movie hopefully gets a lot more readership and i think that main flow of sort of toxic masculinity almost shielding uh a sense of not belonging is the main thread that I found in the Power of the Dog and through Benedict Gumberbatch's powerful performance as as uh Phil. And for so for that reason and for just so many other excellent uh cinematographic and artistic choices, um, uh, that is my, my pick.
1: It's a great choice. It's a uh, for many in many ways I feel it's the choice that the Oscar should have made as well. <laughs> but um <laughs> It's like, you know, I was, I was almost certain that you were actually going to go with drive my car simply because like when, as, especially when you're doing your, your roundup, I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, I can see how drive my car would fit into that same idea. The idea of like wanting to live in this kind of like the set, like stagnant zone that even as like, as your, uh, your life is moving past it, but definitely power of the dog when I, even when I was watching it, it is like for the first time, the first thing I thought about it, I'm like man is this like condemning for so much of is like the um the kind of like toxic masculinity crap that we still have to deal with on a daily basis
0: (laughs) yeah i mean honestly it's it's interesting you bring up like that i would have picked up picked drive my car those were like neck and neck and i ultimately ended up choosing one for the Foundation grant and the other for the project grant, essentially, as I'm sure will come up in conversation shortly. And I sort of found different aspects of those two films to sort of fit within each of the grants. But Drive My Car is absolutely like what I would think is like a like an honorary mention for me in terms of um I think a very real depiction of what grief can be like and how grief almost like keeps you still as long as you. Don't find ways to move through it or move past it, um, which I think is very relevant to our day and time. It may not be happening in Japan. It may not be happening, you know, to necessarily immediate family, but it's happening all around us to people that we know. And I'm sure everyone is struggling on some level with with grief and and also with just coming to terms with time passing and coming to terms with um, how to move through a difficult time in our lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I get. I think it's a very good choice. I think that Power of the Dog is one of those movies that, um, if anyone didn't get a chance to watch it before the Oscars, they should definitely do it. And I think we're going to be talking about it more and more as we as we carry around, as well as like a few of these movies. It's always nice when you finish an Oscar season, and it's not like okay, and now we'll never talk about any of those again. Um, but I think pretty much. With the exception of maybe uh, like a Belfast or a Don't Look Up, I think the vast majority of these will be discussed um, like in the years that go forward. And not just as a, oh yeah, did you remember that that got, that got uh, Oscar buzz? Um, it'll be something completely different.
0: Yeah, I watched a few of the other ones as well, like not nominated for Best Picture. And it was they were all such a delight to watch, every film that I watched um, for the most part
1: yeah yeah very is a very good year good well done hollywood and and beyond you, you <laughs> y'all, y'all did good with 2021 i must say
0: the beyond was directed towards drive my car i imagine
1: that that was pretty much where i was heading it, as they sending it actually like, of course there was other ones there was there was flea there was there were these other movies that came from a came from afar um and, uh, but now it is time like, to move on to the AUS Foundation Grant, otherwise known as the moment we've all been waiting for, because this is a very prestigious award that goes to the filmmaking crew whose next project is most anticipated, not just by us, but our entire family of AUS contributors. Uh, this includes everybody who's had a chance to be a first author, like, um, as, as well as people who have provided... Editing and uh, music is like a help throughout the course. People who are at the end of the acknowledgement section every time they also got their vote. Um, and yeah, so I have it here. I just refreshed it just to make sure, and it actually has changed. Is like um oh, since the last time. It's like things not are t- it's very
0: like exciting over there.
1: Things yeah, things are changing around. the The winner is still the same, but how much it won by and who was in second and so far has like has uh, actually gone through a little bit of a shift. So this would be kind of fun. Um so we had is like of all the people that uh, voted in it's like um nobody voted for uh nightmare alley or king richard or belfast um so those ones you will is it or west side story actually so you won't hear those names again sadly though they did not win the aus foundation grant um it's like in kind of tied for the last place so the lowest number of votes were both licorice pizza and coda so they like they did not is like um, get a huge swell of support, but they did have some votes for them, so that's good. Next up, we have "Don't Look Up," which you know, okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> it came up higher on the list than I thought. So you know, just just saying,
1: yeah, like you know, I say like, I understand. Is like um, it was a fun movie. Is like it was uh, it was comedic. It was enjoyable. It was very much of our times for sure. Um, and. It's like there are people out there who are sick of Adam McKay's shtick, like, and don't really like want to see what he does next. And even for those people, though, I imagine with a cast that impressive, like, can you imagine that same cast in another movie? Like, what it's like a once in a lifetime scenario sort of thing. You got Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett. It's just quite a quite an impressive crew. So I understand, I get it. Um, and then a little bit higher up, it's like, and tied, we actually have both. Uh, power of the dog and drive my car is like are tied for the is like the second place, so they were both very close.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, but then that does mean that the winner of our AUS Foundation grant can, is like, have you been keeping track? Do you know who it is?
0: Oh yes, I've been I've been checking them <laughs> off in my head here.
1: <laughs> it is Dune, and in this case, that makes a lot of sense to me. Is like it is actually the one that I voted for. Um, simply because I know what the next project is for this cast crew <laughs> it's and I, more want of dude. So <laughs> I want it so bad. I want it so bad.
0: Nice. Well deserved. Good, good film to be voted in as the, uh, the foundation grant winner.
1: Exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's like, it's a, um, obviously a very impressive crew. They won six Oscars just the other night and the next film is going to have more Zendaya in it. So What's not the like?
0: Fair, fair. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away if, if someone has not read the book or books, but, uh, more of the initial cast shows up later than you might think. And some very additional, uh, exciting, additional casting rumors slash choices about. Oh, I haven't
1: two. heard any of those yet. So it's like, that should be fun. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be great. And let's, we also have to give it up for the the runners up. Both, it's like Power of the Dog and Drive My Car. Drive My Car, which I believe was your choice for the foundation grant. Yeah, it Um, was. Yeah, it was sort
0: of, I picked one for one and one for the other. So that was sort of my my, uh, 50 50 sort of reasoning there.
1: Yeah, I got, I I, I get that too. And both of them are indeed quite impressive. And uh, I can't wait to see what Jane Campion does next. It's like, um, Actually the director of Drive My Car actually had another film that came out the same year. So I, I also need to check that one out. Um there's so much. There's
0: so much in that sense, it's almost not like a like he missed out on the foundation grant. He already has things we have to see. He's just waiting.
1: Exactly. He's just waiting for the next one. He's like he's he's already put his name in for the next foundation grant. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um but that is like at that point we are coming to the end of this. We've handed out our grants. We've done all we've done all we set out to do. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to share with the uh, listeners at home about the Oscars about this process about any of the films, perhaps even the films that were not nominated for is it uh for a best picture, but you feel like they should still go out and see
0: uh yeah, I have a couple of thoughts i mean i uh, I for one want to say thanks for for listening to so much of us talking about these films, and I hope that it uh, maybe if you haven't seen those films by the time we were chatting about them, or maybe even if you had, it's instilled a greater interest in seeing those and you know additional films that the cast and crew, um, have have been a part of. Um, I also watched uh a couple of other films that I thought merited uh, some recognition that didn't win any awards. I watched um, Passing, directed mm, by good? Rebecca Hall. It was very short. Um, I realize that the novella that it's based on is also quite short. Um, I can see why it wasn't nominated for best picture. Like it was a little bit um, choppier than I maybe would have liked, but both Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega put in fantastic performances. Um, I would definitely give that a watch. I believe it's on one of the streaming services, which is how I watched it.
1: Netflix, I believe.
0: Um, And the other film, Uh, that I watched that I actually really thought should have gotten more recognition, at least in the adapted screenplay category, if not for acting, um, was The Lost Daughter. So I actually read the book at the beginning of the year when I heard that it had been made into a film and had, you know, gotten some Oscar buzz. Um, The book is very good. Also a shorter book, not too much of an onerous read movie is also great it does largely hinge on olivia coleman's performance but she is such a delight to watch on screen she she acts with like every atom in her body and is is not someone who is necessarily obsessed with being portrayed on screen in a positive and varnished kind of light so you know you Mm -hmm. you can see her in all her middle-aged glory kind of lumps and bumps and foibles um on screen but it's a very great performance um and i would recommend that that film as well i think those are two films that sort of got un un, underrepresented and maybe not as talked about throughout the course of this like i'm sure the documentaries are also fantastic i haven't had a chance to watch them unfortunately Um, i have also not watched all of the animated films but um i think passing and the Lost that are worth checking out um and the other thing i wanted to say was that it's been such a gosh darn delight to be chatting about these films with you Tyler and I'm glad we were able to finally do this albeit you know virtually um, but now we have a semblance of, of normalcy that we can go and see these movies in theaters and I've been able to see quite a few of these films in theaters and uh, I hope to continue to do that um, for the next crop of uh, contenders as well.
1: Well said, and I I second all of that. I sadly haven't seen either the Lost Daughter or is like I'm passing yet. I, I think I mentioned at the end of the last episode that I did see both the Tragedy of Macbeth and Tick Tick, Boom, which are I both I repre- uh, recommend highly for both. Yes, um, I did also
0: watch Tragedy of Macbeth. Highly recommend on my end as well.
1: Yeah, just the cinematography in that thing is crazy, and um and then Tick Tick, Boom, like Andrew Garfield is putting everything he's got into that, and he deserves that nomination for sure. Um. But, yeah, I was like with with all that in mind, was like uh everything that has been said in this episode and the three that came before it. um it's time for us to close our first grant panel, but of course, we have a few thank yous to give out beforehand, um uh, much like the uh, the Oscars set up, we you know, we have to we have to thank all the people that got us here. So, first, a big thank you to Aditi. thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. um, you put a lot of hard work into this. You watched more movies for this than anybody any other first author has um is like and that is like which is impressive considering that the first time you're on this podcast you also like took that title having watched all the Mission impossible movies for that one so (laughs) you know you're it's like you you remain on top
0: (laughs) it was a it was a real pleasure I I take those thanks and and reflect them right back at you and it was uh such a pleasure to to tape with you
1: Uh, We also have to thank our lovely editor, Felicity Jaynes, and of course, Brett Kinrad for our theme music. If you'd like to express your opinions on our AUS grant winners and losers, I suppose there's always, you know, Twitter. However, if you'd like to do it in a way that isn't contributing to the slow heat death of human culture, you can email us at archunionscience at gmail.com, all one word with no caps. You can also find our small but mighty community on Facebook. Thank you for joining us for this year's Arch Union Science Grant Panel. We'll be getting back to regular episodes the first week of May. And in the meantime, we actually will have a special episode coming out soon. So look out for that. Um, But even in the even more meantime, as our probably some of our best philosophers of our time, Bill and Ted once said, be awesome to each other. And that's it. Your session with the Arts Union Science Journal has expired. Please try again later.